and he is always working things out for our good but we can't see that or feel that always and I think sometimes we don't get to even understand it the side of heaven Welcome to this episode of The French Press. Let me pour you a cup of coffee while we talk about intrigues of faith, pages we've dog-eared, and the life in between on The French Press. Welcome back to The French Press. I wish I was pouring you a cup of coffee that we could share but we can share a conversation. So today we're going to talk about a book that I actually shared in the pilot. If you listen to that episode, you'll know that it was something I pulled out of the free library and it's a little devotional book. It's called Starting Today. What was interesting is that it felt like the exact book I should start with, right? To start something hard for me, which was podcast. Starting Today, just start has sort of been a theme. I feel like I could make a podcast on how to not do a podcast. It would actually be really good because I feel like I've done everything wrong. I started at Christmas time. I didn't bank episodes. So I'm kind of scrambling to make them. I know nothing about technology and editing and marketing and how to distribute it. I really am just sitting on my bedroom floor recording this on my phone I'm trying to get better acoustics, so I end up in all these weird spots in my house. The dream is to have some sort of makeshift studio someday. And what used to drive me crazy was my dog would bark every time I would record, but it turned out you guys love my dog, and now he won't bark. So that just seems very, like, how life goes, right? So I've actually, I had a talk with him before this recording, and I said, you know what? If you wanted to go ahead and bark, the people love you. You are like a fan favorite. And he seemed really uninterested. Now that I want him to do it, he could not want to do anything less. So I'm sure we'll never hear from Scout again, but he is here with me quietly sitting by. And so anyways, I want to go back to talk about that first book, which was starting today. I have been reading it all along, just kind of here and there. I read a few pages so I'm up to day 59 because it's, you know, probably a one year, yeah, one minute in the Bible through a year. And I'm on day 59 and it is called, Is Everybody Happy? That's the title. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Because as I've worked on this podcast, which is very outside of my comfort zone, as I've said before, I felt called to do it. Didn't necessarily feel equipped, but I felt like as I prayed and other people prayed about it that the answer was just to do it anyways. And that was what kind of everyone kept getting and that it would just be messy and that would be okay. And I'd figure it out as I went and I have been getting a lot of prayer support and help, but it's still really hard for me. It's really hard. The technology aspect, the editing aspect, the marketing part is just not my wheelhouse. Anyways, I was thinking about how I need to record all these episodes and I need to start banking them so I have them and I don't have to work scramble week to week. And I started kind of panicking and I started thinking, oh, I won't be able to do it. You know, I did these first few and I've gotten really lovely feedback 
from you guys and it's been really encouraging and also kind of scary because then I thought, well, what if, what if I can't keep it up? What if I can't do it? Or what if I get worse? Everyone keeps telling me I'll get better. You know, the more you do it, you'll get better. Well, what if I don't? What if I actually like digress and go backwards and I'm worse? And so these are the, the fears I started having. And then I started thinking about as my audience grows, I'll get people, what if I offend somebody? Or what if I say the wrong thing? Or what if I interpret a Bible verse wrong? Because we've all done that. And or we've all, you know, thought one thing about our faith or something we've read. And then five years later, we wouldn't think that anymore. And that's fine. That's part of life and growth. But it's different when you're putting it out on the airwaves. And to be reminded, oh, remember that thing you said? That actually was wrong. And so that I kind of started getting scared and a little bit freaked out about doing this. And I was thinking about as a writer, which um, I have a degree in professional writing, and that's really what I've been doing the last 20 some years is writing and publishing. And as a writer, they always teach you to kind of write to an audience of one, like who's the person you're writing to? So I've been doing that with the podcast, like who's the person I'm speaking to? Why am I doing this? Who benefits from this? Who would like this? And, and that's a great way to kind of personalize your writing or your speaking. But the other side of the coin is also true. And so sometimes in my head, when I write or speak, I think, well, who's the person that's not going to like this? Who's someone that I personally know and I know they don't think this or they aren't going to agree with the way I look at this. And so I started getting kind of like a little too in my head and scared, frankly, of carrying on. So anyways, I pick up, starting today, my book by Rubel Shelley. And the day happened to be day 59 and is, is everybody happy? And it kind of felt like one of those moments that the Holy Spirit just spoke to me through this book. I've had that happen quite a bit in my life. And obviously the Bible is the 100% main way God speaks to us, right? He talks to us through his Bible, through his word. So that's usually where you'll get answers. But God uses other people too, right? We are his hands and feet. And he will use other speakers or your pastor or your friend or your mom or some stranger in the park. I mean, he will sometimes use other means and for me, a really big way actually has been this local, well, I don't know if it's local, but this radio station called Christian Satellite Network. I'm sure it's not local, but our, I listen to it on our local channel. And I cannot tell you how many times I have asked God a question or felt confused about something or been challenged by something. And I have the next day, sometimes the next minute, turned on, you know, the Christian Satellite Network, which I just listen to while I drive. And it's lots of different preachers and speakers. And so there's no real theme to it. It's just, you know, there's like a different person every half hour. And how many times God has answered me directly through those people. It's kind of unbelievable, actually. And I found he did has been doing that with this book. Many times I've kind of been struggling with something. And it's like he's just kind of spoke to me through this book. Now, obviously, I'm also in the Word every day. and I'm reading the Bible. And again, that is where he mostly speaks. But it's kind of fun when he speaks through these other means, maybe because it's unexpected. 
So this one really hit me. I'm going to read you guys a little bit of the passage of this and just how much it spoke to me in that moment of doubt and worry. Have you ever gotten in the trap of trying to please everybody? Why, even God can't please everybody. The farmer is praying for rain on his fields the same day a scout leader is praying it won't rain on a camping trip. And I always think that's such an interesting take that I think of it in sports a lot when we are about to go into a sporting event for you or your child. And, you know, maybe you pray that you guys win. Like, we want to win. God will give you the glory. This will be great. Or, you know, these kids really need a win. Like, it's been a hard year. They've been winning. Let them keep winning. And, you know, we all say these prayers. But I always think, well, maybe the other team is praying the same thing. Maybe they're saying, God, we really need a win. Or, God, let us keep up our streak so we can go to the finals. And that'll just be so amazing. And I always think that's such a unique take when you've got two opposing teams that potentially are both asking God for a win, but both teams cannot win. And so one team will be disappointed. And I I just think that's an interesting thought. And that's kind of what the point he's making here, where someone's praying for rain, you know, a farmer's praying for rain for his field, but then, you know, a family wants to go camping and they're praying it doesn't rain so they can go camping. And it's either going to rain or not rain, probably. So then, you know, who did God please? Did God say, oh, okay, farmer, your ask is more noble. You need rain for your crops. I'll let it rain. Or, oh, little Christian sporting team, you should win because, you know, you're a Christian team and this, you know, the other team maybe isn't. So they shouldn't. Obviously, we know that's not how God works and that's not how it works. But sometimes our minds think that way, don't they? That we think, well, this would be the right answer, God, you should give me this thing, because that makes sense, because I'm a Christian, or because I'll give you glory in it, and the other person or the other side, they won't, they'll just be selfish in it. And sometimes we think that way, and then we're disappointed when we don't get what we want. I think sometimes it's most seen when maybe you have someone in your life that, you know, has the exact same goals as you, or you know, is kind of going after the same thing as you are and they get it and you don't. And you think, well, why, why didn't I get it? Why did they get it? Why did that team win? Why did that person get the job promotion? Why did that person get that house or get that trip? Or, you know, why does their marriage work? Or why are their kids easy? Or why did they ace that test? You know, and these different things that we've maybe specifically prayed for, and not gotten, and then somebody else gets, and then we start to do this thing in our head where we, do I not measure up to that person? Am I not as good or as loved as that person? And so God didn't give me that, but he gave it to the other person. But when you look at it from like an up view and you think, well, only one person could get that job and it was going to be, you know, me or this other person, why should I get it? And they shouldn't. Is And is that God denying me or not answering me? It's definitely something good to think about. It's something good for me to think about because I can struggle in that sometimes. And so the point he's really making, though, is that God isn't trying to make everybody happy and he won't. He will certainly not answer everybody's prayers in the way they want them answered. Right. He does hear our prayers and he does answer prayers and he is always working things out for our good. But we can't see that or feel that always. And I think sometimes we don't get to even understand it, the side of heaven, 
why he said no to something or why he let something happen. And it's a hard thing to kind of work through. But when you think of you yourself trying to make everybody happy, how difficult that would be. And he kind of goes on to make that point of saying, God himself can't please everybody. Should it surprise us that we can't? Only a fool thinks he or she can do what is beyond God. And so, I mean, he's kind of making the point of if only one person can win, God can't answer both their prayers that they both win. It just doesn't work that way. Those are kind of silly examples because, you know, does it really matter in the big scheme? No. What matters is what we do with it and how we react to it, right? Do we serve God in the win? Do we serve God in the lose? Which is probably the harder thing. Do we praise God when we don't get what we want? And I think I mentioned in one of my earlier episodes, kind of the one where I was talking about the new year, that I'm working on some different mindsets and some different ways of thinking. That is one thing I'm trying to work on this year is to praise God in the losses. So when it rains on a day you plan to go to the beach or when you lose the game or you don't pass the test or you don't get the job or things don't work out in that relationship, even though you work so hard at it, do we still praise God? point he's making, which just kind of rolls into that, is that, so whom should you try to please? Maybe we should take our cue on this one from Jesus. He kept his life in balance by honoring one supreme obligation, one highest overseer. His one boss was God. He had an audience of one and was dedicated to pleasing him above all else and all others. And so I immediately started thinking about, well, lots of things in my life, but since I had been thinking about the podcast, I immediately started thinking, who am I trying to please in this podcast? Is it people I know? Am I trying to say what I think they want to hear? Am I trying to interpret my faith in the word in the exact way they would, or in the way I think the Holy Spirit's interpreted it for me? Again, not to say I can't be wrong, but this is, you know, where I'm at right now. And I can't think of all the different interpretations, right? Because of any verse or idea, there's a lot of interpretations within the church. So when you start speaking on a public platform, you can get a lot of people who will have different opinions. And that's okay. I actually think that's great. Iron sharpens iron. And I can hear that. And I can have someone tell me, I actually don't think that's right. And I have no problem with that. It's more of, I'm trying to please them and make them happy. That's wrong. I'm trying to make God happy. And I'm praying a lot before I speak and before I spend time doing this. But ultimately, my goal is to make God happy. And I'm a thousand percent going to make a lot of mistakes. I think what he looks at is our hearts. And, you know, where is our heart? in it? Is our heart to prop ourselves up or to make ourselves look good or to be successful? in an endeavor. And yeah, a lot of times it is. A lot of times it is for me. I want to look successful. I want to say, oh, look at this thing I did. And it turned out really good and have people be impressed. And it's hard to say, look at this thing I did. I think God called me to it and it really didn't turn out that great. It actually makes me think of the story I heard and I do not remember where I heard it. So I can't tell you the names. I know it's a true story, but I can't remember who they are. So maybe 
you'll hear this and you'll know, and you can tell me in a comment who this is. But I'd heard this story about this missionary, him and his wife traveled to a different country. I don't remember any of the details. But where they lived, they hired like a little local boy to work in their house with them. So he helped with like cooking and cleaning. And they went out and preached to this town or village, whatever it was. And they would hold church services and they would talk to people and just got nowhere. Like nobody was interested. Nobody converted to Christianity they felt like their mission trip was just a complete failure. And they went home just dejected and thought, well, God, why did you send us there? We had absolutely no fruit while we were there, like zero fruit. So why would we go there? It was such a failure. And I guess years later, they returned to this village or town. And there was a huge church there. And almost the whole town had been converted to Christianity. And they were so surprised and they thought, well, who came here and who was so successful here when we were such failures here? And they saw who the pastor of this church was. And it was the little boy they had hired to work in their house. And he had heard them, you know, they had prayed with him at meals. They had actually done a little Bible study with him and they administered to him while he worked in their house. And he became a Christian and he had been really their only convert, and they didn't even know it. He started a church, and God used that that man to a boy who turned into a man to, you know, really just set fire through this town, and they became Christian town. The people had no idea. They thought they had failed, but God had had a plan the whole time, and they had looked for the numbers, right? They had looked you know, who can we say we won over for God? Where did we further the kingdom in this town? And they couldn't see it, but it was yet invisible. And I think sometimes we're doing things, maybe, you know, you're raising children and it feels like you're getting nowhere and they're not getting it. And are they going to serve the Lord? Are they going to have a right heart before the Lord? And you just can't tell yet. And you don't know where it's going. Or maybe that's how you feel with a spouse or maybe you have a group of friends or people at work or, you know, your family, your family growing up. And you just think I'm trying to do a ministry here and it's just not getting anywhere. And sometimes we just don't know the outcome for a lot of years and for a lot of times. And sometimes we never know, right? This side of heaven, we never get to know. But if we're trying to make ourselves happy or trying to count how many likes did I get? Or how many views did I get? Or how many people bought my book? Or how many people complimented me on this job at work? Or who saw what a good job I did in that meeting? Or who saw that I got A plus on that test? When we're looking for other people to make other people happy and make other people say, oh, wow, look at them. Look at what they did. It's a really different viewpoint or outcome than we look to God and what he says. In this devotion, he makes the point of, if the first question you ask is, what does God want of me in this situation? Then your focus has been automatically centered. So if God just wants you to do that, if he's just like, raise your children this way, behave this way in your marriage, behave this way in your workplace, behave this way in your town, you just do that. And the outcome doesn't matter. People do not have to respond well for you to be right in God's eyes. 
people don't have to like what you're doing. They don't have to applaud it. They might even mock it or say it's bad or wrong. But if you only are looking to God, that shouldn't matter in our hearts. He also says, if you do what God wants you to do, it will always be right to do that, no matter what anyone else thinks of it. And that is a hard pill to swallow sometimes. Sometimes God calls us to say things or do things and it, and we think, oh, this isn't going to go well. This is going to offend my sister or offend my mother, or this is going to be a harder way to raise children if I do it this way. Or if I say no to going to this event at work or doing this thing other people are doing at work, I'm going to be an outcast and they're not going to like me as much, or they're going to think that I think I'm better than them because I can't participate in certain things. And sometimes our life just looks that way to other people. But if we're really just thinking of God and standing before him someday, and he's our only audience, I just think that's a really good way to think of it. So like I had said earlier, as a writer and as a speaker, you know, I've kind of always used this technique of just speak to that one person. Who's that one person? Well, clearly God does not need to read my writing or hear my speaking. That's for sure. But if he's my audience, if I'm thinking, what would he want me to say? What does he teach in his word? How does the Holy Spirit move me when I read these words, when I read these books, when I ponder and pray and think about him? What am I hearing that I'm supposed to do? And I felt like I was supposed to start this podcast. I kind of fought it for years. And it's hard sometimes to think, well, why isn't it better? Why am I doing better? But yet that calling was very clear. So if you are called to do something, be it in your job, in your family, in the arts, in the ministry, in sports, in whatever it is, wherever field God's called you to do something, however small it is, sometimes it's a really little thing. Like I'm going to pray before I eat at work and people are going to talk about it. Maybe it's something just really little like that, or maybe it's something really big, like God's calling me to lead a group at church and I'm really uncomfortable doing that, or God's calling me to write a book or do some big thing that I feel unequipped to do. But if you think of that audience of one, like who are you writing for? It's God, right? It's the Lord. That's who we're doing it for. So I encourage you in whatever it is, as you start out this new year, you know, as we're kind of just beginning this time, think about what you're called to do. What has been laid on your heart? What have you been kind of batting around or talking about? Ask some people to pray about it. Is this what I'm supposed to do? Because the outcome might not be good. He might call you to do something and it might not feel like it turned out good. And there's a lot of stories like that in the Bible, right? There's a lot of stories of people that God said, go do this thing. And I think of like the prophet Jeremiah, they call him the weeping prophet. and He was called to go speak to people and say things that God told him specifically to say, and they throw him in jail and he's in the miry clay, right? They put him down in this jail that has like a kind of a mud floor that he sinks into. And that's where we get that miry clay, and that weeping prophet. And I think of him sometimes, like he did what he was supposed to do and look where he ended up. And obviously the same happened as all the apostles. You know, we know Paul preached and he was shipwrecked and he was beat up and he was put in prison and he was hungry and he was cold and people hated him sometimes. And yet he was doing what he was supposed to do. So 
try to not look at the outcome of whatever he's calling you to do, because sometimes the outcome doesn't feel good or look good. But if you have an audience of one and he asked you to do it and you do it, you've pleased that audience, right? So write to him, speak to him, think to him, make your actions towards him. And I just liked the way he worded this. And it was the exact perfect thing that I needed to hear at this exact turn. I just thought, oh, this is right where I am. I'm, I'm starting to try to please everybody else. And I'm starting to look at results. And that's not how I want to do this. I want to have that audience of one. And the result is just that I was obedient to God. And he can do whatever he wants with that, right? He can take something really messy and full of mistakes and he can use it. Or he can fix it and make it better and improve. I mean, he just he works in so many ways. There's no formula. The Bible tells us he uses the foolish. He gives wisdom to babes. Um, I love all that stuff. I think of it often that he doesn't need you to be really good at whatever he's called you to do. And in fact, he often does that on purpose, right? He calls people to do things that maybe they wouldn't have a natural talent for, and then everyone, including them, will know it's actually God's doing and it's his glory and not theirs. And sometimes he calls us right into our field, and right into where we have the talents and that feels easier. But when he calls you outside of your talents, that's a little bit trickier. So I just encourage you in that. And I thank you for joining me in this cup of conversation today. I hope it gave you something to think about and hopefully you can move forward on something that maybe you've been holding back on. I'll talk to you next time on the French Press. I'm so glad you joined me today on the French Press. If you liked what you heard, you should follow me. That way you'll get all the latest episodes. And if you wouldn't mind taking a minute to rate the show. Also, if you'd like to follow my blog, The Demitasse Drafts, I have a link below in the show notes. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook. Anytime you can leave a like, comment, reshare a post. All these help my ministry get more traction. The most important thing you can do is pray. I really appreciate all of your support. Thank you for sharing a French press with me today.